0: Shelley Q, how are you? I'm um, well, how that, are you, eh? That rhymed. <laughs> I'm
1: pretty witty for this time of the morning. <laughs> I
0: know, it's very early. Um, how, the, how What's been happening in your life? Are you surviving this crazy time at the moment?
1: Yeah, I mean, you can definitely feel the like pressure starting to build. And I think as people sort of tend to relax off, I'm trying to hustle a bit more because I'm worried that I'm going to slip into the, you know, mental trap of just... Using the two weeks is a complete break, which I think, you know, in some regard, it's great, but you can't pause what you're doing. And it's so important that you're still, you've got your own little hustle to build. So yeah, I'm just trying to plan a little bit and see what I can get done. What
0: is the hustle for you at the moment?
1: At this present time, the main hustle is university. So I'm trying to get as much in as I can before all the lectures and everything get disturbed. But obviously I've got a bit of acting work uh, coming ahead. If that I do? It. Yeah. I'm in a feature film being shot in April and May. Oh, Lo and behold, <laughs> if the world doesn't collapse yeah. by then. Is that local? Uh, yeah, it's actually being shot in Perth. Oh, okay. Yeah, so that's um, something I'm hopefully looking what for. What sort of role doing. is it for you? Um, she's quite, she's a bit similar to me, actually. She's, um, she's a bit younger and she's a school student. Um, I think she's a bit of a dark horse and people undermine what she's capable of. I don't know how much I can say about her. Yeah, that's fine. Um, but yeah, no, I'm super excited.
0: How long's the shoot?
1: Um, well, it's the shoot in total, I think it's two months. Um, I know I've got, I think 20 days on set. Oh, okay. Um, so yeah, hopefully that'll keep going ahead if I know social distancing doesn't separate us. <laughs> well, the
0: whole thing is, is you just never know. It changes week by week now. Yeah. Like I think Australia is still okay. I mean, in a way we don't have that lockdown. We don't have, I mean, our schools are still open. So in a way, I think we're a little bit okay at the moment, even mm. though we've got that social distancing, which I was yeah. just talking to you about before. Mm. That's the fricking hardest. It's more social awkwardness.
1: Yeah. It's like, you a, just, do elbow tapped elbow tap? You anything? don't know. <laughs>
0: and you're like, and you're seeing friends that you normally give a hug with and you don't know whether they're, they're they are following it or not and you, you know you're both putting out your arms and you're sort of like oh
1: <laughs> like <doing a> little... <laughs>
0: it's just weird
1: yeah i think i'm um, yeah i'm definitely struggling with that because i'm such a like i just yeah a touchy-feely person and i love being around people and the worst thought for me is being shut off from the west of, rest of the world yeah um and I think that's going to be tough for a lot of people. But obviously, you need to do what you can if it means saving lives. Well, yeah, I think so. at the least we can do. I don't,
0: I, I don't know. I think it's actually might be a good thing for a lot of people to have that sort of that time to really, you know, because we're constantly surrounded by noise, media, noise and, and things like that. So mm-hmm. to have that alone time to reassess things. And I, like you were saying before, I think the world needs, sometimes it needed a shake up. And unfortunately, it would only be something like a virus or a war or something where I think perspectives change and people start to realise what's important.
1: And they start to be a lot more grateful for things. Grateful
0: for things. Um, And I think that's the positive side. The Mm -hmm. the negative is, you know, we don't know how long this is going to go for. Like yesterday, I heard it's going to be another 12 months. Um, already it's six months, I think, travel ban and things like that. So, yeah. you know, I'm hoping that we don't lose too many lives. But from what I'm seeing and what I'm hearing, there's, Australia's heading into winter. It's going to um, be a pretty, pretty horrible time. Yeah. But
1: yeah, I definitely agree. I think the only way you can truly be happy is when you're happy in your own company. I, and think I think so. that is what is going to be pretty interesting to see, you know, how a lot of people cope with that because mm. it, it's hard. Sometimes people need to be around everyone all the time with, you know, media and everything. Um, it can be easy to fall into that trap, but I think some alone time will definitely serve some people, yeah, I think, <laughs> including I think that, myself. I think that's
0: scaring the hell out of a lot of people. Yeah. Like, what am I, what the fuck am I going to do for two weeks or four weeks? I and, pick
1: up a hobby. Or <laughs> yeah.
0: And I think people are panicking you know, when they're buying food and going out and panic buying. But also I think it's a fear as well of not knowing. And also I'm going to be alone or we're going to be stuck in a house with family I don't like. Mm. Or get to reunite with family that you like and yeah. that could do well as well.
1: And it's something that they feel <laughs> is the only thing they can control is if they've got supplies then they feel like in an uncontrollable situation. I know. Um, which obviously I don't think, you know, toilet paper is going to really <laughs> control yeah. that for that long. But I know, <laughs> I know.
0: So you, um, a little bit about yourself. You grew up in the country in Narogen, am I right?
1: Yes. All right. So a uh, small town. Well, I've actually, been there. Really? Yeah, yeah.
0: I went, to, I went there to do some shooting. Okay. Yeah, I've been I've been quite lucky getting out and about in, in Western Australia.
1: Yeah. So uh,
0: my sister's been there too. She wow. She actually went there and, and did a, a thing with the community there. Okay.
1: Um, was this long ago? Or? It, was,
0: it was quite a while ago. And I think it was for – it was something with the women. Uh, she went there to help the women uh, with scenarios and things like that. So, yeah, oh. we've both been there.
1: Oh, wow. Because <laughs> a lot of times people say, where are you from? And I say, Narogen. And they're like – oh yeah and you just know you know <laughs> they yeah, have no idea yeah,
0: yeah. oh fiji <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah oh yeah yeah i'm not now nah. yeah
0: yeah but
1: yeah no so well i'm actually from a bit of a cop-out highbury that's a small town about 15 k's out of narogen right. um but yeah population's a lot lower than narogen so i just say narogen yeah um yeah so i grew up um on a farm uh, out of narogen and obviously it's you know a bit different to the city but i really loved it just having that, that freedom that you don't really get a lot of in the city and just being open and not having to worry about making too much noise because of the neighbours, little things like that, I think um, just really meant a lot. And you look back and you yeah, you really appreciate what you had back then and sometimes I wish it back now. Um, but, yeah, no, definitely fun growing up on the farm. What do you miss the most? Um, oh, Probably in some ways... I miss just the constant peace, like in Perth, obviously it's a lot bigger in Sydney and bigger cities as well, but just not having the constant tooting and the cars and this noise from the city, you know, on the farm, all you could hear was, you know, the barring from the sheep um, and little noises from the birds and in some ways that... That's really what I miss the most, just lying down and falling asleep with the sounds of nature around me, as cheesy as that may sound. No, no.
0: It's because a lot of people I know that have been from rural areas, like, uh, you know, growing up on a farm, whether it's here or or over in the States, I've known people, they just love that. Mm -hmm. Like, there's not many people I I know that has grown up in, in an environment of a farm or a station that doesn't love it. Yeah. It's not like you hear people going, oh, I can't wait to get away.
1: Yeah, no, definitely. And it's
0: only when you get away, it gives you perspective of how nice it was back where then. you were back then, you know.
1: Yeah. Cause so often people are wishing, you know, always wanting what they can't have. Mm. Um, but I think, yeah, definitely you don't hear a lot of farm people saying, I can't wait to get away. Well, apart from <laughs> yeah. when I got to a breaking point and I was like, no, nah, I need to go. <laughs> what,
0: what, uh, how old were you when that happened?
1: Um. Well, I went to boarding school. So this was for year 10, 11 and 12. So I was 15 when I went to Perth. Oh, okay. Yeah. So it was a bit of a shake up. I definitely considered myself quite a bit of a country bogan and not a city girl at all. I just remember being in shock like my first weekend of boarding school and being told we were allowed to go out to the shops and we could catch the train by ourselves. And that was so new to me because everything back home was, you know, if I wanted to see my friends, you know, it was quite a fair trek into town to go and we'd have to arrange our parents to drop us off. And suddenly all this freedom, it was exciting.
0: I think, um, and another thing I've realised is how humble people are from the country. They don't have that ego that city people grow up with because I think they're competing a lot to sort of get heard when you're around yep. a lot of people yeah. and I've never met a person from the country that has had a really big ego or you know they've always been humble Yeah. so I don't know what it is about you know that I think you're more grounded maybe. But that's what I
1: was going to say I feel like a lot of people are very grounded and yeah I, I find that uh, you know I love country people I love city people too but going home to the farm is always nice because you're guaranteed to get a few larrikins and it's just yeah. good fun.
0: Can you tell me, for people that don't know, you're a musician mm-hmm. and that's why I called you on here because I, I never forget when I, when I knew you, I didn't know you were a singer oh. and one day you put something on social media.
1: You never see what you did to me Because oh, things are different now And that's how they're going to be
0: and I actually thought you were miming or it was a music video, I think. And I I thought you were an actor in the music video. Oh, uh, I'm
1: not singing. <laughs>
0: I think I told you that. Am I yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I was like, man, this this woman's got some pipes on her. Oh. Yeah. So how did that all start with singing? Um.
1: So I actually watched the movie Walk the Line when Great. I... Oh, how good. I know. Mm. So I was 10 when I watched this movie and I remember just being... Fascinated with Joaquin Phoenix mm. and how he, you know, took off Johnny Cash so well and everything in his movement and his, you know, vocal technique and Reese Witherspoon as well. Um, and it was then I just fell in love with the guitar and watching him perform. And I just remember being like, wow, look at the way he's connecting with the audience. And it was so special to me. So I um, always knew that mum had a guitar sitting around in the house. And that was what sparked me. I thought, you know what, I'm going to learn the guitar. And then from there, all the songs I wanted to do were all the songs from the movie. So Ring of Fire, Walk the Line, Folsom Prison Blues, everything was sort of just I was pretty lucky that most of Johnny's songs are just ECG um, mm. with three chords, um, which is sort of how I started playing guitar and then how So I, you
0: learned yeah. yourself or... Yeah, yeah. What, guitar?
1: Yeah, yep. Yeah. So I uh, played the piano um, when I was little. I don't. I've sort of slacked off on that now. Yeah. But the piano and guitar are pretty similar. If you, if you know a piano chord, you just need to work out where to put your fingers um, right. on the guitar and off you go. <laughs> right. Right. So yeah. It was is that
0: why when you post on social media, you're often posting with, and I'm thinking they're from the fifties and sixties. <laughs> yeah. And do you know B- Billie Holiday and Etta James? And
1: Not Anna James, but Billie Holiday. Yeah.
0: Etta James sang at last. Oh, Etta James. Oh yeah. Yeah. Sorry.
1: Oh, Etta James. Oh, and feeling good. Yeah. Oh, she is an inspiration.
0: And how old are you now? I'm 20. You love the classics. I mean, I these they are love. idols. and that's They're the queens. Oh, of, they are.
1: Know. And a part of that is one probably because I have older parents because I have a lot older siblings. So growing up, I was always just listening to whatever they had, whether it was on the record player or in yeah. the car. But definitely old music just speaks to me so much more. And... Yeah, like you say, I love that about Instagram, how you can dub over the top of your stories music because it's yeah. not for me. It's nothing past the 80s. <laughs> no, but,
0: <laughs> but every time I'm like, I know that song. I love that song. Oh, I'm
1: so glad <laughs> that you do. <laughs> yeah,
0: and now, and I still don't think you can beat
1: that though. Oh, you,
0: Those classics, you know.
1: There's something. It's not as if music now has, well, has in some regard become a, more saturated, and but there's just something about the way the old music was produced, yeah, I think because it was not as easy back then as well to create music, it's, in some way it made it more special. You know, they they didn't have 50 takes to get every single note perfect and yeah. auto-tune. It was just, auto-tune. all right, no, we're auto-tune. rolling and mm. this will go. Like, oh, yeah. to be in the room with the Beatles when they were recording, like that yeah. would just be amazing.
0: Have you, is it your goal to sort of travel a little bit and go to these places that were instrumental in producing these icons? Oh, you know?
1: I, yeah, I, I would love to, as soon as I'm finished with the study, yeah. <laughs> traveling is definitely something I, I want to go everywhere. I've actually never been outside of Australia, so I cannot, oh, really? yeah, never. So, oh. so I think, you know, the US is probably somewhere I want to go first. Yeah. In part, I love the American accent, so. Oh, do you? <laughs> yeah. But yeah, no, definitely would love to go to all the classics. Um, you know, whether that be where Eric Clapton played or mm. Fleetwood Mac or Abba, just, you know, everywhere. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Fleetwood Mac would be cool, hey? Eh? Oh,
1: amazing. I've
0: been to Nashville. I went to Nashville, Tennessee oh. when I was 16.
1: Oh, wow. And uh,
0: they had a place there called the Grand Ole Opry and it's where all the um, classic country and Western singers go. They go. And um, we went there during the quiet time. So we all got up on stage and they had the, the old classic uh, mic stand and the mic there. And, and I didn't know much about country and Western, but my mother is a, is a huge fan of, of country and Western. Yeah. You know, Tammy Wynette and, oh, and all of those Tammy. singers. And she kept saying to me, she kept going, Wayne, this is where they all, this is, this, this is, is the, like, the, this is like the Apollo theater. For R and B, you know, in in Harlem. Country and Western is the grand old Opry. Like if you if you survive here, you can make this it anywhere, thing. sort of a thing. And I remember we we're in this, I didn't know anyone, and there was a a person you might know, Minnie Pearl. Her name is Minnie Pearl. We were in her museum and she walks in. I'm looking at all, I didn't know anyone. My mum, yep. you know, I'm just following my mother around. yeah so,
1: yep, she says a big deal. And, yeah,
0: and, and suddenly mum goes, Holy crap, that's that's Minnie Pearl. She's walked in here. And so we had a chat to her and stuff like that, just but casually. it was just weird being in that sort of environment where country and Western in America, in the States is,
1: is huge. huge. Yeah. And that's, I think Nashville, Tennessee. Oh, just love to go over there because I am <laughs> obviously a big fan of country and I love the Australian country music. What is it
0: about country? I mean, cause I noticed when I went up North in WA in the rural areas, they love country and Western music. Slim Dusty going and, yeah, you know. Yeah, all the other ones. What is that?
1: I think part of it is culture. Like, you know, whether it's, you know, like you say, Slim Dusty, if it's a pub with no beer, everyone loves getting around that song because it reminds them of, you know, just Australia and yeah. the taverns and everything. Yeah. Um, Not just that. I think country music, you know, or whether it's, you know, with banjos or it's quite communal and easy to play. And if you're having a jam with some mates... Obviously it's cool to do stuff other than country, but there's something about just, yeah, acoustic music as well. Mm. that I think so special when you bring people together, Mm. um, whether it's around a campfire or around having a few beers, like it's, that's what I think it is.
0: I remember watching Ray for Ray Charles and, um, and they asked Ray, what, what is it about country? It's always the stories.
1: The stories.
0: Ah. And that's all he said, is he goes, the stories in country and Western music. Yeah, s- actually.
1: And now that you say that, the story, the storylines are yeah. pretty special in, yeah. you know, I don't know if you've heard of like, don't take the girl. Oh, no. um, yeah, just, mm. they're, they're so special and it, yeah, it brings up a lot of emotion and tears. And sometimes you need to listen to those songs, go through the pain to feel better yourself. Yeah. Um, so yeah. What, what,
0: do you remember the first time you sung in front of people? Or... Strangers. Th-
1: the first time I sung in front of strangers, I think, was at one of a family friend's... Um, he's now passed, but it was his 60th or 50th, I believe. Right. Um, I think I was three and I... Got up on stage. I think Dad probably was part to blame this. Three Um, years old. Yeah. And I sung um, You Are So Beautiful by Joe Cocker.
0: You are. Yeah. And I
1: just, I think from from that moment, because like I say, I hear things on the radio and I'm just like a parrot. Like I'll just repeat it and repeat that line all the time. (laughs) And so I heard that song once and I don't know how, but from there it sort of became... Like I have vague memories of this, but it became like my song. And when it was, you know, my um, brother's twenty firsts, uh, and I was still tiny then. Yeah, I remember getting up, and this was Shelley, and she's going to sing "You Are So Beautiful," and it just used to be me and like a random microphone and a bunch of strangers probably thinking I was crazy. Well, um, but you obviously yeah. had talent. Well, I don't know if it was talent or not if it was talent, just but try-hard. you had, you had <laughs> a
0: knack for singing.
1: Right? Yeah, I, I definitely felt yeah, like it wasn't comfortable. Yeah, it wasn't nerve-wracking for me and I remember people always saying like, "Oh, you're going to get nervous, you're going to stuff up." And I think part of it is just not caring. <sighs> like I well what 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 did it matter if I stuffed up? I'm singing a song and I love singing, so and to me, the just the joy of singing was just so much fun and my older sister ...was my inspiration as well and she's the most incredible singer. So I just thought this is what you do. You you perform for people and (laughs) they smile hopefully. And yeah, I just really loved it.
0: It's so nice for an artist to turn around and say... ...but I don't care what people think. Because do you know how many times that actually intrudes in someone's journey of what they're doing no Mm -hmm. matter what it is
1: they're just caring
0: too much about what other people are going to say about their art
1: yeah
0: so the fact that as a singer to be able to just go out and go what what the hell like i'm here to sing a song yeah is there a big difference between singing in front of 20 people and then singing in front of thousands like you did at the, the football game
1: yeah, so... Was it? I, yeah, but it's probably not what you think. It's a lot easier to sing in front of thousands than it is in front of a small crowd. Because yeah. in front of thousands, they're all little specks. You can't see their faces or their reactions. So essentially, you're just in your own world. Whereas when you've got an intimate audience that, like you say, I, I say I don't care, but... I still see people's faces and (laughs) it's hard (laughs) not to be thrown off if you've got an intimate audience and you can see what's going on. And that's why I much prefer bigger crowds where I'm just blurred and can't see anyone. Um, It's like public
0: speaking. I always say it's easier to talk in front of, you know, a thousand people than it is 12.
1: Yeah. Oh. Definitely.
0: So it's the same in singing.
1: A hundred percent. And that's why, yeah. Yeah. And not, and not that I find smaller crowds difficult, but they're definitely um, trickier than a lot bigger crowds. So.
0: Are you a songwriter?
1: Yeah. Well, (laughs) I used to write a lot. I haven't written so much lately. Uh, Yeah. It's bad. I should be writing more, but I used to write a lot in boarding school because I found just the transition from being on the farm and just you know, sort of having no restrictions to suddenly this is your new life, uh, you're in the city, you're far away from your family and I just sort of had to get into the routine of, all right, knuckle down time, we're nearing the end. Yeah. Um, and the only way if I ever had any troubles um, or I felt homesick, the only way I could deal with it was through playing my guitar and I would always find I would just go down to the common room, we called it, and I would just play the guitar and no, no words or singing, um, but just see what sort of, you know, chord progressions I would come up with or not that I could riff very well at all, but I would just see what patterns I could play. And then from that, I could sort of hear a tune in my head. And uh, you know, often they were quite dark because I was annoyed because I had a test that I hadn't studied for and I decided, right, I'm writing a song. (laughs) But yeah, then, then I would find... Um, the melody would, would come sometimes the words would be a lot harder and I find often if I'm going to write a song, it'll come in 10 minutes or it won't come at all. So yeah. Yeah. And that's, I never am, I never really was one for spending hours and hours critiquing each little word, which is probably why I don't (laughs) put a lot of original stuff out there. But yeah, I would just set voice memos on and then just play and whatever comes out of my mouth.
0: When was the last time you did that?
1: Oh, probably around five months ago, I'd say. Okay, not too long. Yeah. I, um, yeah, I've got to say focusing more on acting. I've definitely put more work into acting than I have music. And I love, um, you know, doing other, doing covers of songs and trying to make them my own. And I think part of that is probably, I'm scared of putting of my feelings on paper. And for the world to judge that and for them to see, oh, is this is this really what you're thinking? Like there's a part of me that I think is stopping myself from writing more. Whereas when I was in school, I, I didn't really care that much because I just thought, oh, who's going to hear it? I'm locked away in a, a room and it's never going to see the light of day. Um, but then as I started performing more and, and people started saying, you know, oh, actually, I like this. And you're right, you start with that I'm not... I, I don't care what people think. But then you start to realise, oh, people do have an opinion. And uh, yeah, in part I'm worried that I'm going to make myself too vulnerable... ...if I write too much. So often if I write something, it so, stays in my phone. What's
0: the difference with acting? Because you have to be as vulnerable and be open. But is that because you can hide behind the character?
1: Yeah, I think it's a mix of things, in part... <laughs> You, I, I love that I can bring myself into different characters and that's something that you probably know I've had to work a lot on, bringing, being Shelley, but being Shelley in this way and with this motive. Part of
0: Shelley comes out here. Yeah, uh,
1: and not the whole of Shelley. Sure. Um And that I, yeah, I love, I love exploring that because I have parts of me that I'm, oh, how cool would it be to bring this out in a really dark character or a really insane character and i find yeah I, I don't know whether it's also i think i'm drawn a lot more to acting cuz it's more of a it's more of a team a team thing mm. and with music i i find it quite lonely if i'm the only one performing if i'm the only one on the gigging train and i think if i'm performing with a band it's fine but a, a lot of it is you've got to work yourself you've got to rehearse yourself you get on stage you perform you go home to yourself. Yeah. And it's not a lot of, okay, this is a project we're working on with others. we got to practice together. Sure. We're going to put this out and think that that's what's drawn me more to acting. Because I love being around people. <laughs> so are
0: you are you an introvert or an extrovert, do you think? And I heard a really interesting saying with this mm-hmm. is that somebody said to me, people get that mistaken quite a bit. An introvert means that you get your power from yourself, an oh. extrovert means you get the power that you know, like that self-confidence, that belief, and and that energy mm-hmm. from people,
1: people around you. Well, and that's I thought, an interesting yeah. perspective. I know. <clears throat> well, if you had hadn't have said that, I would have said completely like extrovert. extrovert. I'm pretty loud and <laughs> probably needs shushing. See, every a lot now of people then.
0: say that you know it's about volume and talking, but somebody once said to me, Wayne, it's about where you get your energy from. Hey, it's that's interesting, so
1: interesting. I know. Okay. Well, yeah, that's sort of a, of of a spanner in the works. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Well, I, look, I used to be very quiet. Not well, obviously when I was little, I was quite loud, but I think I went through a stage when I first moved to Perth, everything was so new and big and, and scary. I, I quietened a lot and I would have said, yeah, I was quite introverted, but as soon as I sort of, you know, broke out of that and found my love for, you know, the creative Mm. arts. And I really, yeah, I started, um, just, you know, sort of cracking out of the shell a bit. Um, I would have said, yeah, more of an extrovert. But now that you've said that, I'm not sure where I stand. Yeah.
0: That made me reassess things as well, Mm. because even though I've got quite a, quite a lot of friends, I love my solo time and I tend to get my creativity when I'm alone. Yeah. And and that's another thing I was going to ask you, because a lot of people, you obviously delve in other creative ventures, but some people that only have one, and if they don't do that for a, a while, if they're not creating within weeks and weeks, they start to get depressed and they mm-hmm. don't know why. And, you know, it wasn't uh, for me, I love writing and there's a few things I know I like doing, but if I don't do them for a couple of weeks, I know my mood starts to change. Yeah. So the first thing I have to do is change what I eat, exercise, and write. Yeah, and or I have to do something creative, yeah. even if it takes my mobile phone. If I take my phone out and take
1: pictures, yeah, it fulfills, it just breaks it something, oh, doesn't it? Mm. Yeah, I find that um, too. Sometimes, you know, I go insane if I'm stuck doing the same maths problem for five hours or what, whatever it is, or sometimes, <laughs> I know, literally, love that.
0: I think that would put anyone into pressure.
1: <laughs> oh, the amount of breakdowns I've had and this week. And some
0: people love maths. I they do, escape into I, maths. You're I, a math?
1: I am a math nerd. I, I'm studying maths. Wow, so that's cool. I, I love it. But at the same time, you know, every now and then I just need to have a break and just turn whatever equation I'm doing, turn it off and just go get my guitar and just play or, you know, put, put some old songs on and just play to that and try and, you know, learn through listening. Yeah. Um, And I think whether it's that or whether it's me trying to think of comedy or something to make me laugh, um, think whatever creative thing, you're right. It definitely, it keeps you sane. It does. And I don't know what I'd do if I was just doing engineering and that's it because I would yeah, I would be stuck in my own head and yeah, be sad a lot of the time, I reckon.
0: So with math, now that you brought it up, I remember a friend of mine, he did math for fun. So on the weekends he would go and sit down in these private lectures and stuff. And I just said, what the hell are you doing? I say that because my wife loves math too. Yeah. And he said, Wayne, it depends on your teacher. He said, uh, my teacher is so inspiring and he actually makes his own guitars too. <gasps> so he makes acoustic guitars and he's a math teacher, but he's a math whiz. And so he will do things like he'll take a tennis ball and throw it and we'll catch it. And he'll ask us, you know, it's like physics, right? Yeah. And then he'll turn around and he'll question you on your beliefs and break it down into math. So he, he said, uh, my friend said to me, are you religious? I said, well, I, I do believe. There's quite a few things I believe. He said, well, that can be explained by math. Energy, spirits can be explained by math. And it just made me think all of a sudden. I thought if I, only I got taught like that at school. Uh, I had a school teacher that was doing it because it was a chore and Mm. it was a salary and a paycheck. So he didn't inspire us to learn on the importance of mathematics. And when my friend did that, I was in my thirties and uh, my friend turned around and and started telling me, you know, why he is into mathematics. And I thought, I'd be into math if I knew uh, that. And that's
1: so true. I, um... Yeah, I think it's funny you say that. So in primary school, my mum was my math teacher and in year 11 and 12, my uncle was my math teacher. So So it's
0: been in your family.
1: It's yeah. um, Yeah. Maths is a a family love, Wow. but I definitely, you know, hats off to them because I think that's honestly what has got my love for math so strong is because I always am fascinated with the reason why. Don't just say that AX plus B is this, tell me why, and is there a theory, and prove it. And did you assume that beforehand? Like that is what intrigues me. And I think, you know, having – yeah, my uncle is probably one of the best math teachers. Oh, I I just – That's fantastic. I can't rate him high enough. Yeah, without him I honestly don't know if I – would be interested and if I would just think of it as a chore. Sure. But yeah, definitely it's the teachers that make it. It
0: really is. I get teased when I was teaching. I often get teased because they know me as the why man because I'm always asking why did you make that choice? Mm -hmm. Because if you can understand that, you're understanding yourself better. And I always used to say wherever you put the camera, you're taking thousands of people with you because people are going to be looking at this, you know, if it's online and if it's in the movie theaters. Oh, absolutely. So, take responsibility of where you put that camera. Mm-hmm. And they always went Wayne Wayne is the why man. <laughs> Wayne why, you know? Yeah. And it's true. the reason why I'm doing podcasting now, it's because of the fact that I like to know why people are doing what they're doing mm-hmm. and also the journey that it sort of interests me more than The Destination. Like you're a singer and an actor and a lot of people know you, is it now, as Shelley Q, right? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. You've been on TV, you've sung in, you know, in front of thousands of people. But yet it's, that doesn't interest me as much as your upbringing, uh, your inspirations coming from country and yeah. understanding and loving country and Western. And why is it that you like music up till the 80s and nothing past the 80s? Yep. You know, you understand Etta James and Billie Holiday uh-huh. and and <laughs> even Walk the Line.
1: Yeah, best movie all time.
0: <laughs> and you see, that interests me more. Mm-hmm. So when, when I told people you were coming on, like I, I mentioned all the time, I said, I've got different people coming on. And they're like, oh, you know, you're going to talk to her about her acting and a singing. I said, yes, but I'm also interested in the, the the girl that suddenly was inspired and her eyes went wide and what that was to make you who you are today. Yeah. And the the one thing I love is mathematics I never knew anything about. And now I'm starting to mould together a character. Yeah. You know, <laughs> here's this uh, girl from Narogen that had – mathematics in the family, that's come from a bigger family, that taught herself how to play guitar, that sung in front of her first few people at three, (laughs) um, didn't care about what the audience thought, and then moved to boarding school in Perth, which was a big deal for you. And you're starting to sort of come and discover a bit more about yourself. What did you, what do you learn, what do you know about yourself more now ...after delving into the arts of singing and acting... ...that you didn't know back in Narogen? Do you think?
1: I think was something I think that's changed a lot... ...is just my general appreciation for life. And I think when... ...a lot of people have, you know, rose-coloured glasses on... ...when they go into, you know, this industry... And it makes you really tough because you get used to a million people saying no and shutting doors in your face. And you're kind of used to people just judging you and not, you know, like you say, there's a story behind every person mm. and, you know, people aren't just a one dimensional image that they see online. There's so much more to that. There and is. I think just, you know, just through everything that, not that I've been through a lot, but It really changes you and I think it makes you a lot more grounded and down Mm. to earth because you can't, you can't be sheltered going into this industry. And I think definitely before I started, you know, really wanting to do singing and acting, um, you know, a lot of people would say, oh, that's so cool. Like, I, I wish I was living that life. Like you get rewarded with fame and I just remember being so yeah. confused, like as if fame is the end goal.
0: Also, people that aren't creative or are not in the arts mm-hmm. don't understand the energy that comes from doing and being creative. Yeah. So they just see the fame. They don't see the They don't see the, and the
1: tears and the million, million no's you get and yeah. the hundred auditions you have to go through before you get one. And then at the end to say, oh, wow, you're so lucky. Like... And that's the thing, obviously, it's it's a lot of hard work, but I, I love that because I don't ever f- want to feel like I got something because I was lucky or yeah. although sometimes it is you are in the right place at the right time. Sure. But to be in the right place at the right time, you need, you know, 10 years of at least training. Yeah, And that is not luck at all.
0: People don't see the hard work that goes into that.
1: No, they'll see the end result, but there's a lot of things that go wrong along the way, which I try to, not that I do it a lot, but I I always vlog on Snapchat and I let my friends know. (laughs) They'll know for sure everything that goes wrong when I'm trying to do something. And obviously a lot, you know, with Instagram and everything, it's the end result that gets posted and Mm. it's how people get stuck into thinking that people live in this perfect world when it's anything but perfect and everyone's going through their own struggles And, yeah, I think people value a lot when you see things that are just relatable and, oh, okay, it's not everything's just landing into place. So, yeah.
0: You know, when you take on that sort of, because it is an industry based off rejection, Mm -hmm. so you've got to be strong. Yeah. So you find yourself putting up these real defensive walls so you don't get like personally. It's not personal, but Mm. you can see how easy it is to be personally affected by rejection all the time. Yeah, What I'm getting at is sometimes people will tend to be that all the time. They have this uh, armor around them, but it's not themselves. And I find that with with people that I know that are actors, it's very hard for them to suddenly be that vulnerable Vulnerable. Shelly. Like I'm not talking to the artist, I'm not talking to the singer or the actor. This is Shelley Quatermain in front of me. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: If I met you on the street and we were talking, I know a lot of actors that it's hard for them to come and just, no, no, I don't want that persona of the actor and I don't want that persona of the singer. I just want to talk to you. Mm -hmm. And sometimes that is really hard. Yeah. So did you know if you were just an actor... I probably wouldn't have called you on. Do you know why? Because a lot of the times I don't know whether I'm going to be talking to Shelley or am I going to be talking, talking to, to a character.
1: character, yep. <laughs> because
0: it's a lot easier for actors to play characters uh-huh. because it then becomes their defence. Mm-hmm. Like you can hurt that, but uh, that's the character. You can hurt
1: that. And then I'm not. I'm not hurt. And then that's the fascinating thing about acting is I think – yeah, if you're an actor, it's you've got to be careful because it's yeah. easy to use characters you've played to not get hurt in the real world as well. Was,
0: that's, that's the thing. And
1: not not only, obviously there's vice versa. If you constantly got the your guards up in acting, then you're not using your real self. Um, but I'm finding, yeah, you've got to find that balance between using things that suck that happen to you are using all that pain and everything you go through, using parts of it to bring up emotion in scenes, but don't completely be yourself because then you might accidentally yeah. get knocked out and start punching walls or whatever it may be. Um, but yeah, I I know a few acting friends that I, I'm saying when they're out in public, I know that that's not them they're putting on a show and it and it is a show and it and it might not just be you know like a loud extrovert show but just i know that they're, they're not being themselves and yeah it's kind of a dangerous line to walk on it was
0: at first i just thought it was an ego thing but it's not it's mm-hmm. for me it's a defensive thing
1: if if they're playing a character then they can't get hurt.
0: yeah it's like it's a defense and it's also this is who i th- also think people want me to be yeah but i also think the reason is is because you were delving in other things, I mean, you love mathematics and you love singing. I think that grounds you.
1: Yeah, I yeah. like to think it does too. It um, It's it's good. I, I love trying as much as I can to just not think about, you know, mm. what other people think of you. And when, when you're sitting at a desk all day doing equations, that really, <laughs> that grounds you all right. You're <laughs> like, wow, this is definitely not the life of Riley, but... <laughs>
0: I just, I just can't imagine Shelley Q, the singer, the actor, sitting down doing, you know, equations Uh, on it, but that's so cool.
1: Yeah, no, it's, and it's fun. It's because, like you say, you know, it's good when I get a break from maths to do singing, but sometimes constantly having to be, you know, presentable and, and ready to go and ready to put on a performance, that's tiring. And to just know that sometimes it's just thinking power that I need and nothing else matters. It's just me and a pen and a page. And this mm. is what I've got to get to. Mm. It's also calming in some regards. So,
0: mm.
1: yeah, very interesting. <laughs> the,
0: one thing I, I used to smile about because you used to get really upset because people, <laughs> people judge you because of your age. Yeah. Not understanding the experience behind that person. Yeah. And, and the soul behind that person. Does that still annoy you now?
1: It definitely does because I find, you know, I I have a lot of friends, all ages, a lot younger than me and a lot older than me and age, I don't know whether it's a city thing, but in the country, no one, everyone is a person and no one really talks about, oh, you know, what year did you graduate or what are you up to in life or where are you in uni or it's, it's not really spoken of, um, and I, obviously having older siblings, I had a lot of older friends as well and I always just felt like I was one with them and never really judged for being any younger and I was just always the little muppet that came along to everything. Um, Is it
0: mainly the, the men or the, or the women? Um,
1: probably a, mi- a mix of both really. I think when I – but when I moved to Perth, obviously uh, th- getting older as well, Um, whether whether it be in the workforce or whatever, making work connections or just friends in general, I always just felt as soon as it was, you know, oh, you're a teenager. And then as soon as it was setting that tone, I just felt that everything that I had, you know, gone through with them or whether it was being friends with them or going through work, it was like just that undermined everything. And I just felt that they were, you know, undermining me or being sort of condescending. And so I, yeah, I hated, you know, whether it be in job interviews, just saying my age always became just this heavy burden I carried because now I'm 20, I don't have to say, oh, yeah, sorry, I'm a teenager.
0: (laughs) Yeah, you're so old, man.
1: (laughs) (laughs) But I definitely, I, I don't, you know, a person is a person. I know so many, so many people a lot younger than me. They are so far wise beyond their years. Yeah, And it's just like, wow, when I was your age, I was not like that at all. And I would just hate for them to feel the same, but I just always feel like age is yeah, a burden. Um, and I'm sure it happens a lot with older people, you know, mm. going into whether it be acting and yeah. then, oh, sorry, we can't have over thirty. Cause I
0: remember, um, you, you were, you were, you were dating back then. Yeah, and oh, in my young, <laughs> in my younger days. <laughs> but the, but the you hated it when the guy would suddenly look at you different because of your age. Yeah, and that's mm. something
1: that I've always just chosen. Now I just uh, I just try to look past it, and if someone's going to judge me because I'm, you know, my age. Well, they're not right. Oh yeah, that's you. that's a reflection on them, not not me. So. Mm anyway <laughs> God
0: I don't know if I could ever go back to that single dating oh, thing I know. I've, you know I mean what is it what what, what does a a young lass like you now mm-hmm. um, I, don't, I do you have a boyfriend now
1: no I am a single Pringle oh God so, <laughs> I know what, what
0: what is it like now
1: oh you know what I see some Or have the you things... just
0: gone put up your hands I've... whenever it comes it comes
1: <laughs> yeah that's me at the moment I mm. I'm such uh, it's probably bad to say but I'm so invested in like... ...study and acting and music, I just genuinely don't have time... ...and I just think, oh, the effort requires. Yeah, well done though. Yeah, thank you. Yeah,
0: well done. <laughs> but That's I, where you get your energy from. Yeah. You know, like uh, some people f- find it very hard not to have that other person... ...because it's where they get that, um, you know, that love from.
1: Yeah, and to think that you constantly need someone to justify yourself or you need to be around someone. Mm. And and like I say before, when you can hold your own, yeah. that's when you find true happiness. If you can be comfortable with just yourself. Um, obviously, <laughs> I, I do it a little too much. I go to too many places Uber by myself and go, oh, well, I'm going to have to make some friends tonight because I'm coming by myself. Oh, really? But Yeah, but I do that. Well done. I do it uh, because it's a challenge and I love... I love making myself uncomfortable because it's so easy, you know, I, it's so easy to go through life and just constantly be around the same people and this is what we do and this is where we go. But how are you ever going to branch out and, and make new friends or new connections if you don't jump in the deep end and make yourself feel bloody awkward Yeah, and then go, right, sink or swim, I have to make a conversation or I'm going to look like an idiot. And and I love that and I, I love I love friends, and I love meeting new people and hearing their stories. So, to me, that's sort of something I've.
0: <laughs> can you can you get a, a judgment on a person? Um, how good is your judgment on character? Because you learn a lot about that when you study acting as well. Yeah. Are you pretty good at that? You I sort of know intentions when guys yeah. coming up. Uh, you know, you're you're a young, good-looking, single girl.
1: Well, I don't know. If, do you I'm you have, single, but don't know.
0: Do you have that? Do you have that judgment on guys that are coming for that one thing? Yeah. Or are they generally interested in what you do?
1: Um. Yeah. It's funny. I think definitely doing acting has made me uh, just just your general observation skills. I'm yeah. a lot better at just sitting back and and just reading situations and people and quickly picking up on intents and everything because that's what we do for work. But I think it's very easy to see how someone can just view you straight away. And like I say, it's with that a lot with social media. Um, People see a one-dimensional image. Obviously, part of that is because you post photos, you post videos. But I think with videos and, and, you know, like I said before, stories is where I find most happiness. Showing, okay, I'm not just a, a figure, like an image, uh, there's a, a person behind this with feelings, sure. and that changes a lot. And I think so often I've I've gone into conversations with people, and I can see at the start, you know, like you say, they have one thing in mind, and yeah. they're very quick to judge you. Yeah. But I like to break that and quickly get into some. If I can read that it's just it's good going practice, the wrong direction, yeah, changing it and yeah. getting getting them to go, um, get into a deep conversation about something you can really learn a lot
0: about a person
1: and i can see Mm. that their objective then changes because they go oh hang on a second this is not and and that's what i love doing so oh good on you yeah no it's definitely a challenge out here but
0: yeah because you know when i i think when i first met you you were you were quite reserved Mm. and you said something that made me go "Oh no like you blamed me for putting you out there.
1: Yeah. You said to go, um, end up on the side of the street, get oh, your heart I broken. S- I said,
0: yeah, to learn more about yourself in that yeah. way. And you're like, Wayne, but you you said that. And I was yeah.
1: like,
0: don't lie, Shelley. <laughs>
1: no. But it's honestly the best thing because... I remember constantly, obviously when I, when I first graduated, um, in 2017 and then I went straight into full-time study at uni and this was going to the library, you know, at least five days a week and coming home so late at night and just not having anything else, not, not working, just study, study, study. And I was, I was quite sad. I never could really experience much, but a textbook yeah, and it wasn't until I deferred for a year and I, I started working at a radio station and I started doing acting lessons. Oh, was this recent in the last few years? This was um, after I deferred my first year. So this was the start of 2019. Oh, okay. Um, and and that was all of a sudden it was like, wow, when when you're not locked away in a library, True. so much happens, so much is going on and you can use everything that happens, everything that sucks in life I just try and think, oh, you know what? I can use that in this scene. I can bring this part of me out. And, it, and it's going to hurt, yeah. but it's useful. And yeah, I, I really, I have no well regrets. Done. No, Well
0: <laughs> done. I think, you know, with books you learn a lot about what you're reading about and that world. But to learn more about yourself, unfortunately you do have to be tested. You have oh. to go out there. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, my last guest I had on, uh, Kyla… I don't think I've ever heard a childhood story like it. I mean, she's had probably the toughest childhood I've ever heard from, watched on television, seen documentaries of. And the fact that she is come through it and now inspiring others and, and coaching others uh, um, was a great thing. But she learned so much about true. herself yeah. through that. And she's only discovering a lot of that now. So often I ask, I often tell even my students when I was teaching, you learn a lot about the world and yourself by experience. Mm-hmm. Like, how are you meant to tell good stories out there with characters that are rich and with depth if you don't know what that is? How can you direct that? You can't. You know, so you have to go out there into the world and, and get your hands dirty. Yeah. Get your soul, you know, cracked open yep. and, and you know, get uh, fall in love and then get heartbroken and then know where your boundaries are. Mm-hmm. And you can tell those stories. Yep. As someone who does both, what industry is harder to get into in Perth from your experience? Has it been the music industry or the film industry?
1: Um, I honestly, I think it, it's probably been harder with regard. Oh, well, it's different if you're talking about original music and getting original music played on the radio and out there, music is extremely difficult because unless you are on the constant gigging train and so many people are, um, but unless you've got shows and shows on end booked, Radio stations don't really want to know you, or they they don't want to know you as well if you're not signed to a label. So it's sort of like okay. a dead end trap. But it's it's easier to get on the radio if you do if you are you know commonly gigging and stuff. Uh, for someone like me, that's I can't really I'm, I'm not consistent, and part of that is me to blame. But I'm finding time obviously quite difficult with study and acting and everything. Sure. I I can't find the time to just constantly gig because that'd be losing sleep and then I'd go insane. <laughs> Um but I think being once once you are performing in the music industry it's quite a different thing because you know I've had people come and say oh no yeah no I saw you at that game or I saw you at this venue or um and then I watched something online you put up and I think in that regard it's quite easy if you're um with you know social media and stuff it's easy to get your name out there um but then with acting it is hard to break into the bubble um but I think once you start training and you're around, you know, like-minded individuals that are in, you know, they want the same things as you, I find acting a lot easier to create with other people. And from that… It makes
0: the journey easier when you've got a team Other people, it's a team. You. Yeah.
1: And from that, it's easy to, you know, oh, you're doing a short film, like, oh, you need an extra, oh, I'll be an extra. And then, oh, from there you meet someone else and, oh, do you want to audition for and this? And it is a and, real
0: contact… Um, industry, yeah, like who you know. Industry out there,
1: definitely. And I, I find with acting, um, you know, I think that's a a lot easier to do. Um, obviously, if you're if you're not training consistently, or if you're just trying to do it yourself, yeah. it's going to be trickier. Yeah. Um, but yeah,
0: training's important. I think so crucial. Yeah, yeah, and plus, who listens to the radio anymore? Oh,
1: I know. <laughs> like, God help us.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I say that only because I'm on this side of it <laughs> in <the> podcasting. <laughs> But yeah, it's a different industry now. I think if you have a good profile, you can get your Spotify up and running. You can still get heard pretty well now. I think things are changing for artists now.
1: They are. Do you
0: know in this quarantine, in this lockdown, artists are going to flourish? Because what it's going to do is it's going to make them create again. You know? Uh, I mean, imagine two weeks solid creating. I mean, if you were, maybe because you can't do acting, if we were in lockdown, I mean, can you imagine how many things you could write, scripts you could write, songs you could write, what you could get out there. So I think yeah. artists are going to flourish in this time.
1: Yeah. And I think because a lot of people are saying, um, you know, we're, we're struggling. And, of course, if we get, you know, paid solely off of gigs we've got booked or shows, yes, we are we are going to get a hard hit. But There are a lot of people that are going to get hard yeah. hit. But I think in some regard in that two weeks it's going to be a lot easier for us to create and write mm. um, than for someone who deals purely off of human interaction. So, yeah, I I think it could be, you know, hopefully I do if I'm not just studying.
0: And I think uh, I think those industries are changing because of the internet now mm. and exposure. Because you think how many people are listening, are uh, watching YouTube? How many people are on Instagram still learning? Yeah. Uh, watching documentaries on YouTube, watching films. And I think it gives people exposure to do what they want. So, I mean, I didn't know, um, I'm not on Snapchat. I'm on Instagram. Yeah. Snapchat, Snapchat's still going? Yeah,
1: still going. <laughs> I mean, I don't use it a lot, but it's definitely good for the quick little, what, hi, I'm still live.
0: <laughs> what's different about Snapchat? to Instagram stories?
1: Um, Well, Snapchat, I just have a lot less people. So just a few of my friends. I mainly, I have the same sort of ones. And if something funny happens to me or I just want a quick, quick summary of my day, which I'm sure they don't really care about, but... I just use it as a quick little, hi, this is me. And then I send it to them and then they'll, um, it's just there once and goes, I don't know if you're familiar with Snapchat at all, but it disappears after they've opened it. Oh, oh, after they open it. So it's not
0: like a 24 hour thing, like Instagram stories.
1: No, no. So you can do a Snapchat story, um, which will stay for 24 hours. I don't really, it's not as easily usable as, um, Instagram is. That's quite user friendly. Um, so I just use Snapchat as, yeah, just a. Funny, funny. In the moment, things happen. I'll just send it off to my friends. But, like I say, I'm a big fan of not texting and sending videos to people because yeah, you can't you can't put emotion into texting. People take things the wrong way, and I want people to truly get like how I'm feeling when <laughs> something happens. <laughs> yeah. So I'm like, pick up the phone and Facetime me or call me. Just don't text me. <laughs> so,
0: so t- tell me the story of how this egg yolk. <laughs> Uh, videos started to come through. Like, just give the listeners um, what happened.
1: Okay, so basically, I cracked open. Um, or oh, in summary, now six for six days, I've had double yolks in my breakfast. Um, so six consecutive eggs have been double yolks. And this is just my usual Willow Springs um, carton from Woolies. <laughs> and the first three eggs were all singles. So it's not as if the whole carton is doubles. I'm, I'm starting to get a bit spooked because I, I'm not superstitious. But when something happens six times in a row and the chances of getting one double yolk are pretty rare, I think... Yeah, I, I mean I've started vlogging, I've started putting it up on my story because I genuinely wanna know if anyone else has experienced it and what's going on. Well, I don't
0: think I don't think so. I think when people get the double yoke thing, they're like, oh, it's good luck. I heard uh, okay. I heard it's a good luck thing okay. if you get the double yoke. And when you were celebrating the double yoke and then you said, No, this is the fifth day in a row I'm it's... like, is this a curse or is yeah. it a is it a freaking <laughs> Is is this going to be your huge break coming?
1: I know, and that's the funny thing because (laughs) I've heard it either means like you're having twins or it's good luck or someone's going to die. Do you have twins in the family? um, No, we don't have any twins in the family. And I'm certainly not expecting twins anytime soon. So, yeah, I mean, when it happened the fifth time I, yeah, I I vlogged me cracking open the egg because just for general enjoyment. (laughs) And this morning I thought I'm not going to vlog me cracking open because it's just stupid and people don't care. And then I was like, it's not going to happen again. And then when it happened, my jaw just dropped.
0: Yeah, he's maybe maybe the hen went through IVF or something.
1: Well, yeah, it must be a special <laughs> breed of chicken because… Bloody hell. I know. And so many people are saying, like I've got so many messages saying, oh, yeah, nice one, you've rigged the carton. <laughs> I promise I didn't check inside each egg before I cracked it. You
0: know what's going to be really freaky is if you buy another carton from another shop and you start getting double yolks. Double
1: yolks. I oh, know. it's.
0: Have you looked it up on the internet?
1: I've did... looked, because I've looked up, up you know, <laughs> double yolk cartons. And I think in like some other country in the world, you can actually buy double yolk cartons. Oh. Even to me, that's weird though, because how do they know that there's going to be a double yolk? Yeah. Um, but anyway, this is not a double yolk carton and it's just my usual carton. Um, but I did hear a rumor that apparently they, you know, some people think that, you know, the suppliers, if they think there's going to be a whole batch of double yolks, they'll try and discard them because people think it's strange when they get one in their carton and they think that the eggs are off or something. Apparently these batches can sometimes go, uh, make it out onto the shelves when they're meant to make it out into the ditch. So... I don't know what Do you know what on. I think? What do you think?
0: Your blood is like Will Smith's in I Am Legend. And your blood is the solution to this freaking oh, COVID 19. Oh, and they're going to take your blood and it's going to have that immunity like <gasps> cell a in it. On
1: someone and, <laughs> and
0: they're going to manufacture that. And it's going to. Oh, there you go, Shelley.
1: I, I like that. I'm rational. <laughs>
0: This mathematician, singer, actor—you're going to be (laughs) known as the 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 the, the woman that stopped this global (laughs) virus. Yeah. Oh, we dream. That that could be your Shelley. I am legend. Cue.
1: Oh, I like that. There you go. (laughs) There you
0: go. (laughs) So, what's what's next for Shelley?
1: Um, Well, next on the cards is this feature film.
0: Um, yes, that's right. That I'm
1: shooting uh, next month. So if
0: cross fingers social distancing goes...
1: is not a priority, which I think it might. Yeah, I'm mm. not sure if it'll hinder. Probably every week. will.
0: Changes every week. That's the
1: thing with every day being so drastically different. I I can't even think. I'm just gonna you know learn the lines and yeah, good. rehearse good rehearses if everything's good. Um, yeah, so that'll be shooting over the next few months. Um, So, yeah, we'll just see where it goes from there. Um,
0: (laughs) And if people want to contact you, where can they contact you?
1: Feel free to give me a buzz on, you know, whether it's Instagram, it's just Shelly Q.
0: Shelly Q. Um,
1: My email's on there too. So, um, yeah, that's probably the best Is
0: that the best site?
1: I think, yeah, I've got, you know, my email details there as well. So if you'd prefer to email me, um, it's on there.
0: So not uh, YouTube or Facebook? Do you have a Facebook page?
1: Um, I do have a Facebook page and a YouTube channel, but I'm not very active on there anymore so okay so it's mainly instagram, mainly instagram
0: yeah all right shelly q on instagram. <laughs> thanks so much shelly for coming on thanks for having sharing you your, <laughs> your stories yeah hopefully all the best and uh, this feature goes ahead yes uh, so crossed. we can finally see your skills on the screen
1: the luck of the double yokes who knows what could happen <laughs> yeah
0: yeah look i think i think that could be your branding i think something now is like people are going to want to know why have you got this and it's what's coming up in your life? So What's
1: going to happen? I know. <laughs> I think a vlog series is coming. <laughs> I can feel it too. <laughs> Thanks
0: again. See ya.